Hey, you all are in the home stretch. Do you guys realize that? Is it five weeks, right? Five weeks left? Isn't that right? Five weeks or something like that until um, you guys get to take finals and you're ready for them, I'm sure. Uh, it's good to be back with you all. Um, I got a chance to take a little bit of a side if you've ever had to do it. Um, it runs right through you and uh, cleans, cleans you out, though. Um, so, uh, but it's good to be back with y'all and, um, yeah, I missed y'all. Um, how many of you have ever gotten something stolen from you? Raise your hand. How many of you gotten something stolen like in the last couple of weeks? We at the house got a microwave stolen at the hub. Isn't that crazy? Somebody came in and took a microwave from us and a couple of bikes and a laptop. And um, uh, my, my first story of when I got something stolen, I was 10 years old, and I was in Seattle where I was growing up, and um, there's this thing called the Seattle Center. Uh, a long time ago, the Seattle hosted the World's Fair, which I don't even think they do those anymore, but anyway. Um, and uh, there was this, it, was, it had like little rides. It was like the saddest excuse for an amusement park in the world, but it had an it had a arcade in it. And um, this might date me. An arcade was where you used to go. It was the only place that you could play video games, okay? Um, you guys are, I know, <laughs> you're looking at me like, what? Yes. Um, there was no such thing when I was growing up as, this is before, I'm going to say something that is going to cause problems for a lot of you, Atari, okay? You guys don't even know what Atari is, okay? Before the Wii, before this, it was Nintendo, there was this thing called Atari that you could actually plug into your TV and all this kind of stuff. So before, he was three years older than me, and he was uh, 13, and he, he was taking his middle school, like, girlfriend or whatever it was, and uh, <laughs> whatever she was, and, um, and, and on a date, and my mom made him... Um, my mom made him take me along, okay? Any of you had to do that? Like, were the younger sibling that went along on dates? No one's going to raise their hand on this one. So anyway, awkward 10-year-old kid with his brother, 13-year-old. We rode the bus downtown and then took the monorail. So anyway, we're playing video games. And I was not the most street-savvy kid in the world, okay? And um, it's, at a certain point, my brother and his, his little girlfriend, whatever, um, her name was Dawn, by the way. I don't know, remember how I knew that. Um, it's weird. I can't remember a lot of things, like my kid's name sometimes. But I can remember Dawn, my brother's seventh-grade girlfriend. And um, so they were off somewhere, and they just gave me a bunch of money to go play video games. And... Um, and at one point, I think I went out of the arcade to go to the bathroom, and these two kids that were, like, not really any bigger than me come up to me, and they kind of, like, get in front of me. And I'm going, you know, excuse me. And, and, um, and, and they said, um, hey, kid, um, what, let's see what money you have. And I went, what? And, and they said, um, yeah, because you're getting mugged. And, and you have to understand, this is like, uh, it would be like if there was a crowd of people like this, and these two kids were right here. I mean, there were people all over the place. But I heard the word mugged, and I was like, okay, uh, I guess this is how this goes down. And um, so I was 10, you know? And... Um, so, and, and they were a little bit bigger than me, and, and I didn't know what the protocol was for getting mugged. So, um, 
So I pull out my wallet and like, and I asked the two kids, I was like, can I have a buck 50 to, so I can still get home for the bus fare? And they were like, oh yeah, sure. And <laughs> so it was like, I think though in the history of the world, this is true, totally true story. This is, and, um, and, and so, and the funny thing was, is like, I give them the money and I keep the buck 50. I think it's the first mugging ever. There was like negotiation, like, you know. They almost was there. And we went, you can keep 50 cents more and get a Slurpee or something on the way home. But um, so I keep a buck 50, but I get mugged and then I just lose it. They, they go or whatever. But I'm like, uh, I start bawling and all this kind of stuff. And I go find my brother and Dawn. And, and, um, and um, Dawn is a female. You know, like, uh, whatever. It's not important. But um, so I know you, some of you might be going, Dawn, D O N? No, D A W N, okay? So anyway. Um, and they're like, well, we should probably go home. Wait, the funny thing is, those kids, they didn't, like, run off. They just went and played more video games. Like, I, at one point, I was like, I looked over, and, and they were, like, playing Galaga, which you guys don't even know what it is. But uh, Galaga, and they're like, oh, there's the kid we just mugged. And um, <laughs> popping all the quarters into the machine. So, but I'll, I'll tell you, the reason why I tell you this story is that um, if you've ever gotten something stolen from you, um, it sucks, Right? I mean, like, don't you feel angry, like, um, and unsafe, right? Like, uh, you know, that, that's kind of a funny story that I can laugh at, but I remember how I felt. When the, I mean, when those kids said, you're, you're getting mugged right now, I mean, my, my, my heart sank. I got this pit in my stomach, and then I was, pit, I was pissed. I was angry, you know, I was, I, like, they took something. I had a paper route. That was my money. <laughs> and, um, and I was so angry. And if you've ever had something stolen from you, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You ever had your car stolen? You walk out to where it was, it's not there anymore? Or something you worked hard for, and somebody else takes it. It's, a, it's an ugly, ugly feeling. And... And it's, you know, universally in every culture, every world religion, there's something about this commandment that we're going to talk about tonight. You shall not steal. Don't steal. There's something woven into everybody's morality knows that, hey, you don't steal. You do not steal. And if you've, this is your first night here at the, at the house all semester. We've been doing this series on the Ten Commandments, and we're on commandment number eight. And one of the things that we have talked about over and over again is that God issues his commandments out of a relationship with his people. It's not like he just showed up one day, spoke out of the sky, and just went, by the way, do these things. He reminded his people that he's the God who provided for them, rescued them and redeemed them but then these are the ways that he wanted them to live so you shall not steal now i want to point out something to you i don't know what you think of when you see those words in hebrew it's actually just two words don't steal that clear don't steal and I don't know what you hear, but I would, I would assume that, that, that one of the things that we sometimes do with God's word is we make assumptions about it. 
Like we hear that and we go, okay, I know what that means. And some of you might go, well, I don't have a problem with stealing anything. I haven't stolen a thing in my life. In fact, the last couple of days around the hub, I've asked people, hey, tell me your story about the last time you stole something. And everybody's like, I don't know, it's because I'm the preacher or whatever. And they're not going to say it, but, but I got nothing. And I got, I got all kinds of things. Our intern Daniel said, I stole 18 years of the best life from my parents, you know? And I'm like, oh, dude, come on, you know? <laughs> so, um, but think for a second. What, what I'm trying to say is this. What this commandment does not say is it doesn't say don't steal stuff. But I think that's what most of us think, Right? Right? If we had an assumption about this commandment, we're going, oh yeah, God's talking about like this guitar. Is this a bass? It's got four strings. It's a bass. So, right? Thank you. Okay, musician. Um, If I took this from Hunter, that's what most of us think about, right? It's a possession of his. This is yours, right? Okay, so it's a possession of his, or did you steal it? Okay, so um, that's what most of us think about. But, I, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all something that, that I think might be helpful for you. Don't make assumptions about God's word like that. I think that, that when we really look at what is being said and maybe what is not being said, that we'll get more out of what God is trying to say to us. How many of us might not be guilty of stealing things, but we steal other stuff all the time. How many of us guys, I know Kirsten talked about this last week, how many of us guys steal glances at girls and what they're wearing? How many of us girls? I'm not a girl. How many girls? (laughs) How many girls steal glances at other girls and go, look at what she's wearing. How many of you among your friends are that guy or a girl that when everybody seems to be having a good time, you're the one that steals joy because you're upset that nobody's paying attention to you? How many do that? That's an obvious one, right? Somebody else made it. It belonged to somebody else and you took it. Okay, that's an obvious one. And I know, I know based on popular opinion, if I were to stand up here and tell you not to do that, that I would probably be the most unpopular preacher in the world, right? Because there's a part of you that is like, that everybody does it, right? Everybody does it. I know that. You steal software, you steal uh, DVDs, you steal music, whatever. And I'm not saying it's everybody. I don't know even know who, who does it, but whatever. But I want you to think for a second. I want you to think for a second about maybe how that even started for you, if it's that. Because stealing is, 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 is basically you're taking something else of somebody, taking something, some, it could be hope, it could be joy, it could be a glance, it could be, it, you're robbing something from somebody else without them really knowing. That's a serious thing. And it, and, it, and it begs the question about why do we do this? 
Why do we do this? Why do we see something that somebody else has or is just out there and available with a couple clicks or whatever that makes us want that? And we don't have the resources to buy it or to do it or whatever, but but we're going to take it anyway. What makes us do that? I think there's some, some, some common things that, that run through all of us because all of us have stolen something somewhere. I think a lot of it boils down to the fact that we really don't trust God. You know, God is the one that, that says that he will provide, but when he doesn't provide in the timing that we want, in the way that we want, we might, and this is, this is ripe throughout Scripture, of people acting on God's behalf to get the things that they think that they want because God's too slow. Think about that in your own life for a minute. Has there ever been anything that you pushed forward on, you pressed the issue, only later to find that was not the right time? And whatever that thing was, the relationship, the material thing, whatever it was, you stole it. And then you realized that it wasn't yours to have. I think that one of the reasons we might do it is that we're not sure we're going to get what we want. And on the most basic level, I think this has to do with, with what we believe the character of God to be like. We wonder in our heart of hearts if God is for us. If God wants the best for us. Do you remember me saying a couple weeks ago that I think that as we go through these commandments that each of them will build? We want to be our own God. And so when God doesn't show up the way that we want him to or give us the thing that we want when we want it, we take things into our own hand. And we might even subconsciously say, well, God, let me help you out on this one and I'll take care of this. One of the words that I think also is true of a lot of us is that we feel entitled to a lot of things. We feel like we're due it. We live in a, in a culture where everything has come easy to us or we think it's supposed to. And so, if it's available, easily accessible, whatever that thing is, we're going to take it. This might sound strange to you all, but I, I really think we need to wrestle with that idea of feeling like the world or God or our friends or our parents or the university or whatever owes us something. Because if that is a prevailing thought in your mind, you will probably end up stealing a lot of things. I don't just mean like paper clips from your boss one day, but I think that you will end up trying to take a lot of things before the time is right. I think another reason is that honestly we're discontent with what we do have. We look at a world where everybody seems to have something a little bit nicer. And I am talking about material things now. And we're discontent 
with what we have. We wonder when it's going to be our time, when we're going to get what we want. And so we make little moral compromises here and there. And if we think there's, you know, I think that, that in the case of that downloading music thing, I think that sometimes we, we morality and values are made by the, whatever the masses are doing, not by whether we think it's right or whether or not God has anything to say about it. If everybody's doing it and nobody's getting struck by lightning, then I guess it's okay. We are set free from the temptations to steal and two commandments later and also to covet. Then we can begin to respect persons for who they are and not what they own. You know the song that we sang right before I got up here came from the book of Revelation, No Weeping, No Pain. One day all things, the old things will pass away. Can you imagine that that is at the heart of God? And can you imagine that it would be possible to see people in situations and material things as they are and as they are meant to be and so that you don't end up judging people for what they have or what they own, but you see them for who they are? Can you imagine that? That as you walk on this campus, you don't see a group of people and immediately judge them by what they're wearing or what they're doing. But you saw them for who they are. I was at a retreat last week and a retreat for pastors and the, the guy who was speaking shared this quote from C.S. Lewis. And he said this, you can't get second things. Can't get second things by putting them first. You can't get second things by putting them first. You can get second things only by putting first things first. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? I think Lewis was talking about that we live in this world where because, honestly, it's hard to worship a freedom from guilt. In him, we are declared sons and daughters of God. And Jesus himself said something similar. I think C.S. Lewis took it from this. And Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. I think we've begun to live in a world, though, where we think that we've got to choose between the two. We think that it's either, okay, do the God stuff and I'm going to have to say goodbye to all the other stuff. Or we go, well, I really want this other stuff so I'm going to have to say goodbye to God. But listen to what Jesus says and listen to how Lewis takes that and kind of interprets it. That, that Jesus is saying, hey, is he, no, the character of God is when you seek him, all those other things that you're desiring will be added to you as well. Am I standing up here and saying that, that okay, I want the BMW and I want the nice house and I want the, 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 you know, all these material things, so God's saying that if I seek him first, I get all that stuff. That's not a promise. 
But those things that you think that you want may actually be transformed into the things you really want and need. But what Lewis is saying that, that it, is if you start pursuing those other things, you'll end up losing the first and the second things together. And that we live in this world where, where we pursue a relationship, which is a good thing, but when we do it in the name of thinking that it's going to solve all of our problems and give us our identity and fill the aches in our heart and, and the gaps and the wounds that we have experienced in our life, then we're asking something of it that it was never designed to do. And along the way, you will lose the first and the second thing. If any of you have ever been in a relationship, a friendship, where you have been smothered completely, it's because you were treated as a first thing and not the second thing that you really are. And I don't know how that language sounds to you. Does it offend you that with it, all of us, my wife and my children, are second things in my life? I think that's why when, when this, this pastor, this author, shared these words with us, that's exactly where my heart and mind went. I turned them into first things, and I felt like, yes, I have. At times, it's so easy to take things that are good but turn them into things that they were never meant to be. Does that make sense? Some of you are driven, ambitious, have great goals for your life. But it's possible that as noble as those goals and ambitions, that major, that career, that thing, that mission, that vision of your life, whatever it is, it's possible to turn that into a first thing. when it's never meant to be. But what Jesus is saying, what C.S. Lewis says in unison, is that if you get the first and the second things right, and you pursue the first things first, then all these other things will fall into the places that they're supposed to be in. So, let me ask you this question. Is there something that you have turned into a first thing that is not meant to be a first thing? Is there something that even if it's a good thing, that you have turned into something it was not supposed to be? But hear the words of Jesus. He's not the God that says, you got to get rid of all these second things before you can worship me. A lot of us make that mistake. Some of you, based on experience with working with students, might walk away from this and break up with your girlfriend or boyfriend. And I'm not saying you have to. Maybe some of you do. But can you put that relationship back and put God where he's supposed to be and still be in relationship? 
what I see end up happening a lot is people cutting off all their friendships, all of their relationships and everything, and they're going, I'm going to focus on God, and it sounds so noble. And maybe there is a season in your life where you might have to do that if you've been guilty of turning people into first things. But the God who said that is also the one that says it's not good that we should be alone. We're created for community. And the trick is not to do one or the other, it's to do both and put them in their right places. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you as well. Do not steal. Do not steal these things, these people, these relationships, these friendships, these ambitions. Do not steal from them. Do not take from them something that they were never designed to be. I mean, if we could be a people that would do that, then we would, we would be people that respect one another and love one another and live in a world and will never get consumed by things that were never meant to dominate our thinking and our lives. There's a lot more in two words of the commandment, don't steal, if we will let God's spirit penetrate our hearts. Let's pray together. Our gracious heavenly Father, would you imprint in us tonight on our hearts the message of your word by your spirit help them discern what they have turned into a first thing that is supposed to be a second thing would you help them determine the answer to the question what is it that I am stealing And may we be a people that instead of stealing, learn to give. And may we learn to trust you as a God who provides all that we need out of your love for us. May we trust you that in your time, you will give us surely all things. For you indeed gave us your son in whom you were well pleased and in whom we have eternal life. We pray this all in Jesus' name.